0: I was literally just thinking about, um, when David said in Psalms 119, 114, that you are my refuge, my, my shield, and your word is my source of hope. Guys, I'm telling you, God is our refuge. He's our shelter during the storm. He's the place of protection. He doesn't promise us that there won't be storms, but he says, listen, when there's storms, I'm going to give you a place to run to the world doesn't have anywhere to go in the midst of this crisis. But we, as the body of Christ, we have a refuge, we have a shield, we have a protector that when the fiery darts of the enemy get launched god is our shield his word is our source of hope tonight we are going to preach the word i'm telling you right now as we preach it's a source of hope it's a source of breakthrough it's a source of miracle power so without further ado, let me bring my guest on everybody please welcome tj how are you doing tonight bro
1: I'm doing excellent and I'm fired up, man. I could have just
0: continued listening to you right now. Dude, I'm fired up. I'm telling you, man, I believe right now, I know a lot of people are panicking. I know a lot of people are freaking out about what's happening. I know we were talking about it earlier, but I believe that this is a defining moment for the body of Christ. I believe that God is waking up people on an unprecedented level. I'm telling you guys, this is the most exciting time to be alive than ever before in human history because there's a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's a fresh move of God. I believe, bro, now is not the time for us to drift away now is not the time for you to put the fire down not now is not the time for you to lay the torch down now is the time for the trumpet to blow the alarm to sound i believe there is a hunger rising up in people i believe there's a desperation listen we got over 500 of you on right now that is a testimony right now that there is a hunger that is being stirred up in the body of christ that there is more than just a once a week gathering. There is more than just a live stream. But I'm telling you that you have access into heavenly places that right now, you know, TJ, I don't think a lot of people realize this, that in the spirit you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, that right now we have power to bind. We have power to loose, that there is supernatural right. power. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ is living on the inside of us. And man, I really believe, bro, even right now, that as the body of Christ in America, and we're talking about revival lifestyle tonight we have so settled for such a weak anemic calm tame Jesus that is not a Jesus of the Bible it's the different Jesus of the American church and I believe that God is raising up I feel the Holy Ghost I'm telling you I'm already sweating I need to turn my fan up but I believe that God is raising up revivalists. God is raising up messengers uh, that there true. is a fresh fire right now listen if you're listening right now I speak over you there is a fresh anointing coming over you wherever you're at put your hands up put your hands out I don't care what you you. You have to do tell your kids, tell your wife, tell your cat. There is a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. There is a fresh power being released. There is deliverance being released. There is healing being released. That tonight is your night. Don't you sit here and tell me, well, Isaiah, I've heard it before. I've gotten prayer before. And you know, I've come to the altar a thousand times. Tonight is a new night. It's time to pray again. It's time to believe again. It's time to fast again. It's time to cry out again. Somebody right now needs to wake their spirit up. As you know, I just got out of revival. I'm telling you it's time to wake our spirit up and call upon the lord now is the day of salvation TG, i know this is the motto of your ministry salvation now stop waiting and i believe this is prophetic i'm going to turn it over here in a second but stop waiting until some miraculous day or till some prophetic word or till something lines up many of you listening i hear the lord saying are saying, I'm going to wait till I'm 30. You had the same mentality that I used to have. You said, I'm going to wait till I'm 30. And when I'm 30, I'll serve God. But until then, I'm going to drink as much as I can. I'm going to sleep around as much as I can, bro. I remember vividly having thought after thought for years when I'm 35, I'll serve God when I'm 40 I'll serve God, I'm just going to drink and party and smoke now live in bondage. And then one day I'll get it together. And listen, some of you are 60 and you've been saying one day, I'm going to serve God. You've been saying one day, I'm going to begin to pray for the sick. You've been saying one, one day I'm going to do deliverance. And the Lord is saying, stop saying one day and understand that now is the day. Today is not the day. Now is the day. The Bible says now is the time. I believe now is the time for your kids to get saved. I believe now is the time for breakthrough in your marriage. I believe now is the time where people are getting equipped to drive out demons. I'm telling you in the last two months, I've had more people tell me they're starting to cast out demons than the last 10 years. People are being trained and equipped as warriors in in this end time harvest we are in the last days listen I know there was a popular prophet I won't say his name recently that said we're not in the last days you know God is not coming back we are in the last days we are in the time where Jesus is coming there is a man thank you so much Yvonne Tony Hill for that massive donation I cannot believe that I'm going to acknowledge that all at the end but I'm telling you that there is a man a Jewish man that is getting ready to come back to the earth and establish a government and I believe right now it's our time to establish The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm just, man, I know I'm going off, but we're just going off tonight. This is what we're doing. We have no agenda. We're flowing. We're preaching. Um, God is doing something, and I just want to speak that over you. Receive what God is saying tonight, and God is doing. There's supernatural power if you open yourself up to what God is saying.
1: That's right. You know, and I want to say something at the forefront of this broadcast is life does not give you what you deserve come on life gives you what you demand wow you can't leave things to chance that's why we entitle it salvation now that's primarily the reason why we called our ministry salvation now because the bible says joshua drew a line in the sand and he said those who are on the lord's side come come over here for i'm now setting before thee god said i'm setting before you life and death I'm setting before you blessings and cursings. Oh, that you would choose life, not God choose it for you. You have to make the decision today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not going on my own way. I'm not venturing off on the path, this broad way that has only led unto snares and thistles and destruction. I'm coming onto the path that God has for me. It might be a narrow way, which means you're going to have to drop some things on the way, which means there's things that are going to have to be severed off. You're going to have to drop off certain things as you go deeper and deeper with God. But let me tell you, the pathway of righteousness is a path of life. And Proverbs 4.18 says it this way. The path of the just shines brighter and brighter even unto that perfect day. God said, Jeremiah 29.11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I have plans for prosperity, plans for a future, plans for a hope. There's a way that seems right unto men, but its end is the way of death. But the way of godliness in its way is life everlasting, the eternal, the zoe, the life of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, that uh, Paul prayed this prayer to the Ephesians. He said, I pray that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ would give you the eyes of the Spirit so that you can see God's hope of His calling for you, the glorious riches of His inheritance for you, the riches, the, the... The inheritance, you know, the Bible says we in Christ are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Do you know what it means to be a joint heir? It means everything that belongs to him now belongs to me. Like in a will, when you have a will, a, a grandparent dies and that grandfather writes out a will to all his grandchildren and their joint heirs come on. of an equal prize an equal possessions equal land or whatever. We are now as God's adopted children joint heirs with Christ. That what Christ Christ did not come and die on a cross to establish another religion. Come on. He didn't come, come on. and down the cross to establish a, a new, you know, a, a new way of doing things. No? The Bible says Christ died for us sinners to establish That God had one son, but when he sowed that seed into the earth, now the tree has grown. And off those branches, Jesus said, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Ye are branches connected to me. And the Bible says, the very fruit you've seen me exercise and have, the very fruit, the way I've delivered others, the way I've been used to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, to cast out demons, that same power... Isaiah said it before, not a a twin Holy Spirit that's less than the Holy Spirit Jesus had. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now lives in me. That's why when Jesus said, the works you've seen me do, you will do in greater. He wasn't bluffing. He wasn't trying to get your hopes up. Jesus had people touch the hem of his garment and get healed. Peter had people just fall under his shadow and just his shadow hitting them resurrected their dead organs and demons were cast out. Then Paul in Acts chapter 19, just the handkerchiefs and aprons brought from a sweaty body as they were laid on the sick, the demons were cast out and the sick were healed. Paul goes to an island called Malta and everyone on the, on the island gets saved, healed, delivered and restored. So if a whole island can come to Christ through one man, why are you giving excuses as to why your school can't come to as to why your family giving God excuses. Well my my family we've never served the Lord. So what you can be the first domino to fall that lays over every other domino and family the bible says ye and your household shall be saved and i prophesy that today in the name of jesus christ what god began in you will have a domino effect and knock out every other people in uh, every other person in your family that even the toughest and most callous hard, come on uh, totally reprobate apostate people in your in your family will begin to see as they see the good hand of god you from this night forward they will see evidently and visibly the blessing of god and will have no other choice but to say see what great things the lord has done for you that'll be your story whether the devil likes it or not the devil has lost the battle over your life the devil has no ability to dictate what goes on in your life you have power over every unclean spirit In your life and in your family's life, if Paul and Silas, praising God, had the ability to unhinge every prison door and every shackle and chain, not only in their prison cell, but every prisoner in that prison uh, ward was totally delivered by their praise. What do you think God can do through your praise tonight? Come on. Instead of complaining, adopt a new attitude. When no, I refuse to murmur. I refuse to complain as to why things don't work out. I'm going to start to say like David said, as for me, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to lack a thing. He leads me by still waters. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Yay, though. I the valley of the shadow of death that that means the devil's gonna try and attack but god will guide you by his word and in the midst of persecution in the midst of opposition god's gonna prepare a table where you'll begin to feast where the devil thought he'd push you down when men say there's a casting down god has a plan and a program for your lifting up and goodness and mercy the siamese twins of heaven will locate you every single day of your life in jesus
0: mighty name you know i was thinking about what name I Jesus. was thinking about what you said. So many people live subject to something God has already given us power over. Paul told Timothy, cling to your faith right That's now. Right. There's so many people that are struggling to pray and to go to church and to read their Bibles and to fast and to cry out to God. And there's so many people writing me saying, Isaiah, I don't think I'm going to make it. And Paul's telling Timothy in one of the hardest moments of his life, cling to your faith, which literally means Timothy, right. you need to find something to hang on to. I'm telling somebody right now, you need to find something. Find a word, find a book of the Bible, find a verse. There's verses that I've literally bro clinged onto that when I felt anxiety or stress or worry or confusion attack me, I've had verses in my life that I've literally hung onto. And if it wasn't for that verse, I would not have survived. There's some of you that I feel like the Lord is saying you're clinging on to the wrong things. You're clinging on to social media. You're clinging on to the famous prophetic word or dream that some prophet had. You're clinging on to what CNN or Fox News is saying. You're clinging on to an ungodly relationship. You're clinging on to a marriage that is broken. And God is saying, you need to stop clinging onto every vice that the enemy has brought in your life. You need to stop clinging onto every uh, to every other carnal thing. This is why the Bible says, let go of those things which that are dying. Paul is saying, why are you worshiping idols and hanging on to things? That are literally dying. Friend, do you understand your car, your house, your job, your career, every trinket, every gadget, your cell phone, everything that we're so obsessed with hanging on to like that man that's sinking and they're saying, let go of the money belt, refuses to let go. You're hanging on. Paul says, here's the problem when we hang on to idols. Here's the problem when we put our hope and our faith and our trust in these last days and things that are temporary. Paul says, the things that you're hanging on to are dying. He says, not only are you passing away, but so are those things. That's why he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you worship worthless idols and in return, you become worthless yourself because the things that you're worshiping are dying. Friend, I'm telling you, the only way you're gonna survive the pandemic that is happening in America The only way you're going to survive the heat of the revival that is happening because some people can't handle the heat of revival and they live in church their entire lives and then revival shows up and they end up backsliding. Let me tell you why that happens. It's because there was demonic things that religion did not challenge that revival challenges and you couldn't handle the fire that revival brought. You have to understand that right now, the hour that we're living in, we have a devil that is running around unchallenged. Let me say that again, because some of y'all didn't get that. There is a devil that is coming, that is lit, that is prowling around unchallenged by the body of Christ. We, as the body of Christ, are not challenging demonic powers. There's an old song, bro, that I just was thinking about just at Revival Weekend, and it's an old song. We don't sing it anymore, but I remember being in a tent with my mom and dad at Victory Outreach in a tent revival, and there was a song that they would sing over and over for 30 to 40 minutes, it was, and I went into the enemy's camp, and I took That's back right. what he's Stole from me. Now we have all these new songs. I won't even go into modern worship because it's a it's a joke. But now we have all these modern songs about how God wants to give us chill bumps, uh, how God wants us to sit on his lap and he wants to kiss us on the cheek and all of these weak (laughs) songs. But I'm going, where are those warriors in the kingdom of God that say we're not gonna keep waiting for the enemy to come attack us? But we're gonna bring the battle to him. We are gonna hang on. The only thing that's going to get you through the storm is by clinging to your faith. And this is what Paul tells Timothy. He said, Timothy, you need to understand you're not going to survive the pressing and the shaking and the coming judgment. And in fact, someone sent me a clip from August of 2019. I was at Fresh Start Church and in the clip, I think it was about two minutes and I'm actually, don't let me forget guys to post this clip this week, but I literally said, church, we are about to go into the greatest storm America has ever seen and the body of Christ ever seen. And so many of us are not prepared. And this was in August of 2019. I'm telling you guys, now is the time to clean to your faith. This is what Paul told Timothy. He said, you need to keep your conscience clear. And then here's what he said. For many have deliberately violated their conscience and in return, they have shipwrecked their faith. And right now, many of you are allowing the confusion of the culture to shipwreck your faith. You're allowing fear to shipwreck your faith. You're allowing division in the body of Christ. We're the most divided than we've ever been right now because of Corona to shipwreck your faith. And that's what you have to understand is the reason why they even invented lighthouses was because so many ships were driving into rocks, driving off, driving into walls because it would get foggy and storms would blow and they would literally be, wouldn't be able to see the direction that they were going and they were driving and crashing their ships. And so one day somebody sat down and said, wait a minute, there's too many people crashing. There's too much danger when we're sailing. We need to make lighthouses so that when the sailors see the lighthouses, they'll know to turn around. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to hear me preach tonight, they'll know to turn around because danger is up ahead and God tonight has called me and TJ to be lighthouses. The Holy Spirit is a lighthouse. The word of God is a lighthouse. Prayer is a lighthouse. Who's who's hearing me tonight? Preaching is a lighthouse that when we preach and when we prophesy, we are saying, turn around. If you continue watching pornography, you are going to shipwreck. If you continue to drink, you are going to shipwreck If you continue in that relationship, you are going to shipwreck. God is blowing the trumpet and warning the church right now that we are headed into a cliff off of a cliff into a brick wall. And God is raising up end time messengers to blow the trumpet, to preach holiness, to preach the narrow road. I've been thinking about all of this stuff going on. And honestly, I'm listening to a lot of my preacher friends, and I'm shocked how many people have turned from preaching the gospel of miracles, the gospel of deliverance, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom. I'm thinking right now, if there has ever been a time where we should be preaching on holiness, where we should be talking about hell, where we should be training people to cast out devils, now's the time. But instead, we have politicized the gospel. We have politicized the body of Christ. And now everything is about politics. But I'm telling you. Politics cannot deliver you from a demon. Politics cannot save your soul. I'm, I'm all for the president and the government. Praise the Lord. But I'm telling you, the president is not going to bail us out. The stimulus check is not going to bail us out. $400 a month that just got signed of unemployment. Praise the Lord for unemployment. But unemployment bill is not going to bail us out. The only thing that's going to bail out America, the only thing that's going to bail out Canada, the only thing that's going to bail out the nations of the world is an authentic move of the power of the Holy Ghost and from the beginning of time to the end of time God has used preachers of righteousness and judgment to bring revival and to see nations restored it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside behold and open up your eyes and look up and be excited because something is happening in your day I got no voice but I'm preaching it something is happening in our generation now is the time be excited because God is doing something and now the time to be ready for what god is doing
1: that's right and it doesn't take a lot of people it Come just on. take the bible says god is able to save either by many or by few Come on, gideon had 300 men god actually sifted his ten thousand person army down to 300 men god just need the bible says the eyes of the lord are running to and fro throughout the whole world seeking one whose heart is loyal to him. That's why when Samuel was sent by God to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel, Jesse put out all of his greatest sons, which like terrible father. He like left David out in the fields, brings out Eliab, brings out all the the, the nicest, strongest men. And Samuel, when he saw Eliab, his first reaction was, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the the Lord rebuked him and said, no, no. Man does man looketh at the outward appearance, but God sees the heart and he went through every one of the sons and there was not one. Then Samuel said there has to be another. Jesse said, well, there's still one weird guy. You know, he's out in the fields, plays the harp to the sheep. Don't know what he's up to, but you, you want me to get him? I'm pretty sure it's not him. We won't sit down to eat until he comes. When David walks in, the first thing the Lord tells Samuel, this is he and he anoints him and the Bible says, That's why it doesn't matter what you look like now. It doesn't matter how insufficient you feel right now. It doesn't matter how inadequate you are right now. It doesn't matter how not eloquent you are in speech. It doesn't matter what you think. I can heal the sick in my own natural ability? Absolutely not. But I've seen countless lives, people with stage four cancer. There was a guy at my Bible college, stage four lung cancer, pale as pale can be, skinny, 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 down to the last stages. And he finally came up to our Bible college chapel and said, can you pray for us? So I laid hands on him and several other people. Two weeks later, I saw him driving a John Deere truck Mowing the grass, and I said, "Brother Ed, shouldn't you be dead? How is it that you're, you're 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 mowing the grass? Take it easy. It was a hot day." He said, "Oh, I didn't tell you. I went back to the doctors last week. They did a CAT scan. Not only are my lungs clear of cancer, the doctor said there are brand new set of lungs in its stead. God had given him a brand new set of lungs. Can I do that in my natural ability? Absolutely not." Can I help people that are diabetic in my own... I'm not a PhD student. I'm not a medical student. But God calls the things which are Come not... On. God calls the things which are foolish, the things which are debased, the things which are, are are weak, to shame the things that are strong. The Bible says, they that do just do know their God. That's all it is. The Bible says in Jeremiah, let him that boasts, boast not in his riches. Let him that boasts, boast not in his wisdom. Let him that boasts, boast not in his nobility. Let him that boasts boasts in this, that he understands my ways and knows me. That's why Moses, Moses failed miserably when he tried to act in his own strength. But God had to put him in the wilderness for forty years. God humbled him in that wilderness, and when he came back, which the Bible notes, Numbers 12, 3, I believe it is, that Moses was the most humble man in all the earth. That humility gave birth to greatness. That the man God couldn't use be- ended up becoming the man of the hour in his day. And the Bible says in Judges two ten that there's a generation on the earth that hasn't seen what God did through Moses. That hasn't wow. seen what God did through John G. Lake. That hasn't Seen what God did through Smith Wigglesworth. That hasn't seen what God did through Oral Roberts and Teal Osborne. But that doesn't mean we just look back and focus on past revivals. I'm through looking back and focusing and just venerating the past saints of God. I want to be used by God in my generation where the devil doesn't get to have my generation. The devil doesn't get to have my family. The devil doesn't get to have my nation. The Bible says the earth, the furthest. Belongs to the Lord, and it's about time we take up the mandate of heaven, which Jesus said, Until I come, you are to occupy the earth. We're not to sit by idle. The Bible says that we are the light of this world. Come on, we are the salt of the earth. If salt loses its taste, it's good for nothing to be tossed down, trampled underfoot. But I'm making up my mind as I study and pressing through prayer and fasting that the same way jesus returned in the power of the spirit unto galilee and he said the spirit of the lord god is upon me for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to set free them that are oppressed to proclaim release to the captives i've made up my mind i'm gonna get that same anointing on on me that everywhere i go it's jesus on the inside working on the outside oh what a wonderful name he has the bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That was what one son did. But Romans 8 says the whole creation is eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the rest of the sons. Obadiah 21, in that day, the end days, there shall come forth out of Zion deliverers, little saviors. That's you and that's me. We were born for such a time as this. And I refuse to let my, de- my generation go to hell in a handbasket. I'm going to be the one that stands in the gap. I'm going to be the one that rebuilds the wall of righteousness. How about you? How about you? Come on. If we just lay flat and, and play, play games, religious games, and pro- God doesn't anoint programs. Come on. God doesn't anoint uh, uh, plans. God anoints men. And like Esther, the Bible says, maybe you were born for such a time as this. Come on. And if you don't get up, God will raise someone else up. Come on. But I don't want to get to heaven and have dinner with the apostle Paul. And while he's telling me about about all the exploits God did through him. I have to get, well, you know, I really wanted to go and do all that. But, you know, my parents wanted me to stay until I was 21. And my grandfather was getting old. So I stayed back to let the dead bury their own dead. As for you, follow me and I'll make you. Fishers of men you would have seen me 10 years ago. I was saved 2012 eight years ago You, You you would have told me I'd be on a broadcast doing this right now speaking By the anointing of god. I would have laughed in your face, but god calls the the less thens. He calls the ones that the world has discarded and discredited. Like David anoints them so that the Goliath that's mouthing off in their generation while everyone else lays silent like the rest of the children of Israel did in in David's day. Nobody said a word. Maybe, oh, we're just praying that another Billy Graham rises up. I'm sure they were saying that uh, when Goliath was mouthing off for over 40 days, but David heard those words, the same words and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine. Who the heck does this devil think he is? What reward do I have if I kill him? You get tax exempt, free status, and you also get the king's daughter. Looked at her, she's cute, I'll do it. Come on. Goes out with five smooth stones, just takes one, knocks his head out. And then in one chapter, there's the national anthem of Israel turned to Saul has killed his thousands, but David, his ten thousands. God brought him to the limelight. God wants to do that for you. There's a place for you in God's p- master plan. Where you're there's no small plans in God's mind for come you. Come on. Come on. Religion beats down your mind to smallness. Religion decreases. God called you with a master plan for you to make an indelible mark on your generation. Paul would have been a guy who just carried coats for the rest of his life. But when he hooked up with God, (laughs) hallelujah, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Ghost, he fully preached. To this day, we're still reading his letters because of his heart for God.
0: I was thinking what you were saying. How easily we let things that are temporary and carnal come between our relationship with God. I thought about how many people I know that had one time were on fire, had one time were radical, and how quickly. And some of you in the chat know exactly That's what right. I'm talking about. How quickly they let that relationship come in between them and God. How quickly they let a new job or a new promotion come in between them and God. How quickly they let new hobbies come in between them and God. And right now, I feel like the Lord is saying there is an assignment on the body of Christ to try to get distractions and things in between your relationship with God. And that's why Paul said in Romans eight thirty five, telling the church in Rome that is going through massive trials as we are right now as a body of Christ globally, he said, can anything separate you? Can anything come between you and Christ's Absolutely. love or your relationship with Christ? Let's not even say the love of Christ. Let's just say your relationship with Christ. And then I love what Paul says, because this is so relevant, to you to what we're going through right now, he says, does it mean that God no longer loves us? If we have trouble, come on, somebody don't act all quiet on me right now. If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry, destitute in danger or threatened with death, he says, no, no, despite all the stuff that we're going through. And this is what we're trying to tell you tonight. That despite everything that we are going through, there is overwhelming victory through those in Christ. Not just victory. We're not talking about conquerors. We're saying that there is overwhelming victory. I'm talking about showing up to the football game and beating the other team that should have destroyed you 90 points to zero. I'm talking about the basketball game being 130 points to zero. We're not talking about just overcoming the enemy. We're talking about overcoming, shutting him out, Zero to a hundred points. We're talking about overwhelming victory. I think some of us just pray and we crawl up into a corner and we're just trying to get through this corona and we're just trying to get through this confusion and the depression. I know some of you have been at home for five months. I've been too. And you're just allowing these things to get to you, and you're just praying and you're praying and you're desperate and you feel weak, saying, Lord, if I could just get a sliver of victory. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody tonight. If I could just get a taste of victory, if I could just get a little bit, a little miracle. If you can just do something small and the Lord is saying, why are you dreaming? And why are you praying such weak little prayers? He said, I don't just want you to overcome what you're going through, but I want to give you overwhelming victory. Let me explain to you what overwhelming victory is. Overwhelming victory says Isaiah. I don't just want to deliver you from alcohol. I don't just want to deliver you from drugs. I don't just want to save you at that altar in January. January 12, 2011. I'm prophesying to somebody, but I want to save your brother. I want to save your sisters. I want to save your parents. Oh, l- let me take it a step further. I'm going to have a prayer meeting breakout in your house where hundreds are going to come, where thousands are going to come. And then I'm going to launch you into full-time ministry. I'm going to use you. You're never going to promote yourself. No one's going to give you a, a free pass. But I, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is going to open up doors that no man can open and is going to shut doors that no man can shut and I'm going to fill your mouth with my word. I'm going to fill your spirit with my anointing and I'm going to give you overwhelming victory. God is not looking to deliver you so that you can just sit at some dead church on Sunday morning and never impact anybody. God says, I want to break you free as TJ said earlier, so that everybody around you can break you free. Let me tell you why we're up here shouting. Let me tell you why we're preaching until our voice is gone. Let me tell you why I woke up yesterday and couldn't even whist, or the day before and couldn't even whisper let me tell you why I lose 5,000 calories every time I preach Uh, let me tell you why I'm 130 pounds wet and I'm always losing weight and I'm always just soaking wet when I preach and running around and you won't find one video or clip of me preaching a calm half-hearted message there's they don't exist there's thousands of me preaching I'm not boasting I'm gonna tell you why because I know there is too much at stake for me to preach a watered-down gospel listen to me tonight friend I see all of you right now I'm reading your comments Uh, there is too much at stake for you Ashley to sit back and not pray there is too much at stake for you Casey Mack for you to not get serious about the things of God Craig Burke there is too much at stake for you to live in compromise you have to understand that there are lives there are people around you that are depending on you shouting are depending on you to praise are depending on you to have a prayer life Marcello there are people depending on you and right now some of you are looking at what's going on now And you're saying, well, It's not a big deal if I take a little bit of time off and I don't pray a little bit now, but what you don't understand is that God is not interested in just the now, but God sees the people that are in your future that you're going to impact. Friend, do you think that when I sat at the altar January 12th, 2011 as an atheist and I said yes to God, do you really think I thought that I was going to be reaching thousands of people? Do you really think I thought thousands would come to my house? Do you really think I thought all my family would get saved? Do you really think I thought that I'd be married by the age of uh, 29 with a fourth kid on the way and I'd be in full-time ministry and I'd be preaching? To literally 4 million people every month This is not bragging This is the plan of God to give you overwhelming This is why your Bible says And TJ I know I'm taking off But I'm just going to go a little bit longer here This is why Glory. your Bible says Glory. That I don't just do what you pray for But I do exceedingly abundantly Above all you can ask or think I've told some of you Amen. oftentimes. Listen I would be excited If there was 10 of you 15 of you 20 of you on the broadcast And right now there's 500 Last Tuesday, uh, last Friday we had nine. 100 people I don't know people say how are you doing I don't know I just know that God gave me a word and I was happy with the little bit he gave me and God says you know what Isaiah I don't just want to bless you a little bit I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think somebody try to explain to me why during a national or I'm not national a global shutdown where five months of preaching dates got canceled all my merch income got canceled all my dates got canceled as a traveling preacher what I do full-time and the Lord says Isaiah you know what I know everything's canceled, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to grow your ministry times 10 than I've ever done in five months. I'm going to grow your ministry more in five months than I've grown it in 10 years because I'm the God. Somebody needs to hear me preach tonight because I'm the God that can raise you up in famines. I'm the God that could raise you up when everybody else is on unemployment. Everybody else is struggling. All these churches are just trying to get by. I'm the God that says, I'm going to give you overwhelming victory. This is not a time to shrink back. This is not a time to get silent. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hang on to this word. This is a time to say, Lord, I am convinced that nothing can separate me from you, neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither our fears today or tomorrow. The Bible says, the Bible says not even the powers of hell can separate me That's from right. my relationship with God. The Bible says no power in the sky above or in the earth below, nothing in all of creation could ever separate me from my relationship with God that has been revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I want to ask somebody of you tonight, the word of the Lord to you is what has been separating you. Has it been your job? Has it been your girlfriend? Has it been depression? Has it been worry? Has it been fear? Has it been anxiety? David said, Oh Lord, would you examine my heart? Would you examine my thoughts and find if there's anything in me that might cause separation between me and you? Some of you, you would not even have to examine your heart. All you'd have to do is open up your phone to find your compromise. But David said, I want you to examine. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost. I want you to examine the areas of my life that nobody knows about. You want to talk about a scary prayer? Because we all have two versions of us. We have the one that everybody knows and the one that nobody knows. And David said, Lord, I know the one that everybody knows is radical. I know the one that's on stage is radical. I know the one that's in public is radical. It's easy to live sinful free in public on a, on a pulpit. He said, but Lord, I'm going to pray a dangerous prayer. And I'm telling you, if you pray this prayer, it'll change your life. He said, Lord, I want you to examine my heart. I want you to examine the secret life. I want you to examine the me at two in the morning. I want you to examine the secret motives and the thought lives. See, you have to understand that the distance that's been created between you and God is not God. It's you. God did not change. You change. And the Lord, is saying it's time for somebody to come home. It's time for the prodigals to come home. Listen, I know that I have old friends and unsafe family that are watching right now because I see you pop up in the chat and the Lord is saying you have strayed off and you have wandered and you have allowed carnal things to separate you. But God says it's time to come home. It's time to lay it down. It's time to say yes again. Let me ask you in the chat, when was the last time you said yes to God? Like the day you met him, where you said, God, I'm running after you. I am committed. I'm telling you, if you look at the commitment of the disciples, I have told God, TJ, what you just preached, Lord, I don't want to be in heaven feeling dumb when I'm talking to the disciples because they're telling me stories about revivals and miracles and deliverances. And they say, what did you do for God? And I say, oh, I just went to church once in a while. I'm not going to settle for compromised church. I'm not going to settle for religiosity. When are you going to get tired? of sitting on Sunday morning listening to a dead preacher preach a dead message with no fire no power no miracles no signs and no wonders and say I want the God of the Bible I want to be in a place and I want to be around a people that have the fire of God you are not on this earth by accident you are on this earth by purpose and I'm telling you stop settling for letting compromise and letting demonic powers that God has given you authority over to separate you from your relationship and what God is trying to do right now I know I just went off for like 15 minutes but I'm telling you I feel this in this broadcast I feel the Holy Spirit drawing somebody back to repentance I feel the Holy Spirit drawing somebody back to the narrow road I feel the Holy Spirit saying wake yourself up dust yourself off I am getting ready to come back if you've been listening to preachers that say Jesus is not coming back soon or we're not in the last days, that is unscriptural and it was unbiblical because the son said only the father knows the days and time. And I'm telling you, because the signs of the time, Jesus said, if you see the ravens, you know that there's a carcass near. If you see the leaves change, you know that summer is near. And we're seeing the signs right now, TJ. We know that we are approaching the last days. Do not be asleep in these final hours of human history. Do not be asleep. Wake up with a sense of Purpose. Uh, go to bed with a sense of purpose. Uh, be in your room with a sense of purpose. Go to work with a sense of purpose. Go to school with a sense of purpose. Stop living your life like you just bumped your head and you're an accident uh, and one day you just woke up. But understand that before you were in your mother's womb, God anointed you and God put a plan for you and God has an assignment for you. And tonight is your night. Now is your time to get your assignment to remove whatever it is. That might be Netflix. That might be Instagram. That might be Hulu or YouTube or Insta or whatever it is is that's been separating you from a fiery relationship with god it's time to break out of carnality and get back in the fire that once was that's right and
1: that's that's honestly what's holding back perpetual victory come on in every other area of people's lives if you hold jesus is either you're all in all or nothing at that's all. right and he won't co-occupy your heart he either takes soul, occupancy or he, he, he doesn't stay. He said, I would that you would be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, that was mm-hmm. Elijah's challenge to the children of Israel in his day. How long are you going to alter between Come two on. opinions? How long are you going to hesitate between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. If Baal is God, then go after them. Stop staying on two sides Either, chew, don't play the hypocrite, which the Greek word, hypocritos is actor. Don't act one way and then act another way when you get around. You know, there's people that get around the anointing environment and they get all, you know, fired up, lift their hands. They know how to play church. But then they get around other people that they haven't disconnected from that pull them back into that which Christ has already freed them from. Galatians 5.1. Therefore, since Christ has set you free, do not subject yourself again to the same yoke of wow, slavery. Meaning Christ said there's people that get that got anointed in Isaiah's service this last weekend. And unfortunately, I pray that's not the case, but probably there are a few that are gonna yep. go back yep. and The yoke that God broke them free from, they're going to deliberately put their head right back in, tighten the bonds, and be captive again. The Bible says a man's sins are like rope that hold him down. But we have such a great cloud of witnesses in the heavens, and we are to what? Lay aside the sin. And not only sin, there are things in your life that don't even look like sin, but they are weights. They're holding you down. There are things that aren't sin. It's not a sin to play Xbox. Come it's on. not a sin to, to you know, watch television. It's not a sin to watch a wholesome television. But if you're just Netflixing, binge Netflixing every single weekend, you have a five-minute devotional life, and in a five-hour Netflix life, then you're not going to live in the victory th- what Isaiah said, as more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved him. That's why it's imperative. You have to give God your ashes in order to receive his beauty. You have to give God your mourning in order to receive the oil of joy. You have to give God the spirit of heaviness on you in order to receive the garlands of praise. You have to give God that which the enemy has attempted to destroy in your life for him to remold it and give it back to you uh, in a a presentable Matter. you have to abandon all the bible says if you don't come to me deny yourself come on in order for you to come to me you have to deny yourself pick up your cross for he that loves his life will lose my life but he that hates his life will gain my life you know what that's telling you when you were born you were born in a, with the Adamic nature, the first Adam, you were born as a human being. You were born with the life of Adam, which has a, uh, an expiration date. Because when Adam sinned, sin, the DNA of sin spread throughout mankind, so that even David said, I was conceived in sin. You were born a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So Jesus is essentially saying, If you want to break free from the first Adam, you have to come to me, deny yourself, pick up your cross. And when you do that, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will set you free from the law of sin and death. Where, where you were, the things you were subject to in your past life. When you were not in Christ, you were subject to sin. Mm. You were subject under sickness. You were subject to defeat. You wow. were subject to failure. You were subject to all those things that the wicked and sinners live as a regular lifestyle. But when you come to Christ and take his life, you're Subject to those things because God has quickened you with Christ Jesus, made you, has raised you up with him and has lifted you up to be seated in him so that the things that used to be over you are now under your feet because of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. The same spirit living in you. That's why Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. Because if I don't go, I can't send you the power that's Mm. at work in me. But if I go, the same dominion you've seen me exercise over the the devil, the same dominion. You've seen me exercise over storms. When a storm came, did Jesus gather the disciples together and hold hands? Let's just sing kumbaya. Let's light a fire and just join. No, he didn't. He didn't pray about the storm. You know, actually... (laughs) You never see Jesus pray one time about the the devil. You don't even see the New Testament pray one time about the devil. Every time the devil is mentioned in all the totality of scripture is in reference to his defeat, his loss, and his failure. The New Testament church didn't spend any time praying about the devil. You know what they prayed for? They prayed for the anointing of God to come on them, that they would then, in boldness, exercise total dominion over the devil. That when the storm came, and tried to wipe Jesus and the disciples off that boat. Jesus got up asleep in the stern, gets up and speaks to the storm. Some of you have complained about the storm. Some of you have come to pastor and asked him to pray about your storm, but you can't contract uh, prayer. You cannot contract prayer. Uh, uh, your, your your task, your responsibility to others. You have to today make a decision. I'm going to look that storm and that devil right in the eye with a fire in my eyes, with the milk of the word on my mouth, with the power of the Holy Ghost in me, and with the name of Jesus at the tip of my tongue and say, if just like Jesus did, storm, hush, storm, be still. And the storm subsided so that even a trained fisherman like Peter had to stand back who had been on the seas his whole life and say, I've never seen the sea this calm. Wow. Let me tell you, as torrential, as disturbed, as ter- as much turmoil as you're experiencing right now, as troubled as the waters may be right now in your life, you are one prayer away from the power of God sweeping your way, taking you up out of the horrible pit, out of the pit of despair, out of sorrow, out of death, translated into life, out- out of sorrow, translated into joy. Out of destruction, translated into victory. Out of failure, translated into more than a conqueror. Out of sickness, translated into health. Mm, come Out on. of anxiety, translated into a peace that surpasses all understanding. God has that for you. But you have to abandon your life to gain his life. J- John twelve thirty two. Unless a seed is sown into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it then brings forth much fruit. You have to die to self. That's why Paul said, I die daily so that daily I can wear the manifest presence of God. That's why the Bible says, Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. His divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the magnificent promises of Scripture have made us partakers of the divine nature because we have escaped the corruption of this world. The gospel is not just, you know, come as you are, stay as you are. The gospel, in a nutshell, is you come to God. He fills you with His Spirit. You put off the old man. You don't keep the old man. You put off the old man. There is no fellowship between light and darkness. There is no communion between Uh, Belial and Christ. There's no doings. There's no ordeal. There's no agreement between the temple of God and idols. And ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You have to put off the old man. You put off your old weaknesses. You put off your old addictions. You put off the things that held you down. Then by the word, You're renewed in the spirit of your mind. And through that, you put on the new man, Ephesians 4, which is created in the likeness of God. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ and you no longer make provision for the flesh. And when you live like that, Holiness is the master key Come on. to living in total victory over Satan, devils, and his cohorts. Yes, Holiness is the master key. You'll find out how easy the devil backs off when you just live a pure life, when you live a holy life, when you have a pure, clean look in your eye. Then you can address the devil. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 50? That my people, they cast my words behind them, and they trample on my instructions. What right have you to take my word in your mouth? There's a lot of people that have named it, claimed it. They try and confess the word, but it ain't working for them because they haven't first followed God's general, specific instructions for their life. But when you start to walk in the pathway of holiness, you'll find out that's a, hallelujah, it's a pathway where the Bible says, sighing and sorrow fly away. And there in that place, there's everlasting joy and gladness. The oil of joy. I believe right now if you'll love righteousness and hate lawlessness, if uh, Hebrews chapter 1, God said, I will pour out the oil of joy and gladness over you. Some of you are breaking free from depression just because you're making a decision today. As for me and my house, like like Daniel did, I'm purposing it in my heart today to not defile myself another day in my life. I'm through playing games with the devil. I'm joining hands with the nail-scarred hand of jesus and from today i will live for him though none go with me though none follow me still i will follow because jesus did for me what no man can do for me therefore i'm gonna serve him like no other man can do can you say amen
0: come on you know what Hallelujah. i think what you said is so right on because i think a lot of people don't want what we have because they don't see change. If you think about the way that all, you know, right now health is popular, praise God, I hope it stays popular. But if you think of the reason how they sell all these health products and whether it's oil or whether it's a pill or whether it's a weight loss, there's a thousand weight loss. They always have the before and the after. The way they sell the product is they show what it was before and what it was after. And we're trying to sell the gospel and share the gospel. But the problem is our lives as believers don't look any different before we came to Christ then after we came to Christ. Friend, you have to understand that when you're born again and you become a new creature, everything changes. People should not recognize you after you get saved. That's if right. you have to ask, well, I don't know if I'm born again or not. You're not born again. When you are born again, That's you right. become, the Bible says, a new creature, a new species. I talked about it on Friday. You become a brand new person in the spirit. You get a new spirit. You no longer in the spirit have a sin nature. You get the nature of almighty God, you have the same spirit that raised Christ. The moment you were born again, and the Bible makes it clear, and I've never, TJ, heard this preach in any church, but the Bible makes it clear that if we are Christians, that it is our responsibility to prove that we are Christians. Understand that it is your responsibility to prove to your family, to your friends, to your community, to your coworkers, to your colleagues, that you are a believer. And this is what 2 Peter 1.10, Paul's telling, I mean, Peter's telling us that dear brothers and sisters, and I know some of you that are all about grace. You're not going to like this. And I don't know how we just shot from 500 to 800, but praise the Lord. He's like, you're not going to like this, but dear brothers and sisters, you need to work hard to prove that you are among those that God has called and chosen. You need to do these things so you'll never fall away. Now I want you guys to hear me because some of you have never heard this in your entire life. He says, and then God will give you a grand entrance. I need to say this. So you hear me nice and clear. Then God, if you prove yourself, then God will give you a grand entrance entrance into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ understand that there is a normal entrance into the kingdom and there is a grand entrance and Paul says you need to work to show people that you are among those that God has called and chosen people all the time TJ say I'm chosen people come up and say I'm a Christian I'm a man of God I'm anointed I go to church I love God, I'm on fire, I'm part of revival, but my question is, where is the proof, here's what Peter's saying, he says, the proof is in the pudding, and there's no proof in your pudding, yet you want to keep trying to tell everybody that you're a believer, and I'm telling you, we are not working hard for the kingdom of God, we work hard at our jobs to prove to everybody that we're good workers to get a promotion, we work hard at college to try to get good grades, and make our professor like us, we work hard in our sports, and our to try to be the best and make sure everybody knows we are the best. We work hard in our marriages so our husband and wives love us and know that we care. We work hard with that boyfriend or that girlfriend to make sure they know that we're pursuing them. We work hard for our kids to provide for them and show that they're loved. But then let us just stop real quick and look at the work that we do for God. Let us work on how, how much work do we actually do for God. And Peter literally looks at them and says, who are you fooling? You work for everything and everybody else he says but why are you not working for God he says any called and chosen Christian has to put in serious work friend I wish I could sit here and tell you that what I do is easy. I wish I could sit here and tell you, oh, it's no big deal. And I just wake up in the morning and and play around all day. And then I just jump on this stream and I press play and just do whatever I feel like doing. But there is a tremendous amount of work when it comes to preaching with the anointing. There is a tremendous amount of work to knowing the word of God. There is a tremendous amount of work to discipling people. There is a tremendous amount of work training people on how to heal the sick on how to drive out demons there is a tremendous amount of work involved in the kingdom of god and i think because we've made an easy sunday morning gospel we have removed the work and if you remove the work you remove the results that the work does see we are called to be laborers in the harvest field the bible says the harvest is plentiful y'all the problem is not that there's not enough people to reach or people in our city the problem is there's not enough believers that are willing to put in the the time and put in the work. I have people, TJ, call me. I had to talk with TJ months ago about streaming, and I try to, you know, help as much as I can with the with what I know and what I've learned. But TJ, I've had so many people call me. Oh, brother, how do you do this? And how do you preach without notes? And how do you stream? And how and all the different things I felt God has called me to do. And I will sit with them for hours. And at the end of the hours of conversation, they'll always say this. Well, that just seems like a lot of work. And I think people think that they could have the results without the work. From this is not a fairy tale gospel that we are preaching there is work to be had and if we under preach it and undersell it and try to tell people there's no work involved we create a powerless gospel there's way too many of you that do not witness that do not prophesy that do not read that do not fast that do not live holy that do not consecrate yourselves but then you say well i don't do any of that but i'm called and chosen and my question is by who because it's definitely not by god i'm telling you when people see hard work they want to know who do you you work for hello Matt Cruz I think Matt shared it because we jumped up like 300 viewers that had to be the reason why but I'm telling you I remember TJ working at Starbucks I got countless job offers when I worked at Starbucks because I was a hard worker and I worked hard for the company that I I represented. I remember one day the district manager coming into my Starbucks and saying, Isaiah, I wanna have a meeting with you. Now in that moment, I thought I was fired. And that moment I thought I was in trouble because everyone was afraid of the district manager. He had like 50 stores under him. And for him to walk into my Starbucks and try to tell me, I wanna have a talk with you. I thought, well, I'm about to get fired for, I don't know what, I've been showing up early every time. I've been working my tail off, picking up everybody's shift. And that manager sat down, that district manager, I'll never forget this. And he said, Isaiah, we're going to promote you. We're going to give you a pay raise. We're going to give you a full this and that. He said, I'm going to tell you why, because you're one of the only people in the store that take ownership for your work. You actually treat the company and you represent the company properly. And the Lord is saying so many of you aren't taking ownership of your faith. You're not taking ownership of your prayer life. You are not representing the kingdom of God properly. Some of you are like that one employee. And if you know, you all know exactly what I'm talking about. Cause some of y'all are that employee where you spend more time and more energy at work. Come on, you, but you better help me preach in the chat right now. You spend more time and energy at work, not working and trying to figure out ways to not get caught for not doing anything. I'm telling you people spend more energy trying to figure out how to not work, but make it look like they're still doing their job. And the Lord is saying there's too many of lazy employees in the body of Christ from you on understand when we were given the Great Commission, that word commission is co-mission. That literally means to co-labor, that God is your employee, that God is your co-worker, that you have the ability to work with God, and God is not looking for lazy co-workers. There are too many lazy believers in the body of Christ, and some of you keep getting so confused why you're not getting anything out of this, but the problem is you're not putting anywhere work into this Uh, you're not putting any elbow grease into this Uh, that's why Jesus says if you want to enter through the narrow gate now listen all of you soft Mamsie pamsy Daisy Banner Grace people just cover your ears for a moment I love you but you're not going to like what I have to say let me rephrase it you're not going to like what Jesus has to say because Jesus says to strive to enter in through the narrow gate Jesus says strive what does the word strive mean I'm glad you asked it means to work hard it means to put in effort it means to agonize and there's and then Jesus says many will seek but they won't enter they're seekers and strivers and God is looking I know this is so counter to what the American church preaches. And for some of you, it sounds like blasphemy. That's because you don't read your Bible and I'm preaching the words of Jesus, but there's so many of you that aren't striving. You're sitting around waiting for somebody to do everything for you. And the Lord is saying, it's time for the strivers to rise up. It's time for the laborers to rise up. It's time for the workers to rise up. Come on. If Comcast and Amazon and Starbucks doesn't want to hire lazy people, why would you think God wants to hire lazy people? God is looking for some, workers in the harvest. God is looking for some laborers tonight that would wake up and that would rise up. And then he says, and if you work hard, man, this is good. Why have we never preached this y'all? He says, if you work hard, I will give you a grand entrance into the kingdom of God. What Peter is saying is that work is the key to God welcoming you in with a grand entrance. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to stand on judgment day with my tail between my legs. I am expecting a grand entrance when I stand before God. I want the Lord to say, welcome, well done, good and faithful servant. I've We've been waiting for you. The harder you work, the better your retirement. And I'm telling you, God has the best retirement than any job you can imagine. God's retirement plan is better than Tesla's retirement plan. God's retirement plan is better than a medical retirement plan or law enforcement retirement plan or a government settlement. God's retirement plan is eternal i'm telling you that we are working for treasures i'm about to turn it over here but we are working for treasures in an eternal dimension we are working for treasures that cannot be taxed come on can i get an amen somebody we are working for treasures that can't be taxed they can't be stolen our wages can't be garnished or lost we are working for eternal treasures that last forever god is looking for some labors i wonder if there's somebody that would type one in the chat tonight that say i I'm going to be a laborer in the harvest field of God. I'm going to begin to work. You know, my prayer, TJ, for this last year has been, Lord, I need to put in more work. I told you that when we talked a couple months ago on the phone, I said, Lord, I need to begin to work harder. I need to begin to post more. I need to begin to study more. I need to begin to pray more. I need to begin to get the word out more. Everything we do takes work. Everything that God is doing right now takes work. You might see the success and you might see the results and you think that I just sat around, but you got to know that there was labor that went into it. There's no good marriage that's successful without work. There's no good raising your kids without work if you're in the chat and you have kids you know that kids are the the most work than anything ever it takes work to do anything worth anything and it's amazing how we understand the principle that it takes work to do anything successful but then we don't transfer that principle to the kingdom of God the days of lazy Christianity are over I hear the Lord saying get off of your spiritual lazy boy I hear the Lord saying spit out your pacifier I hear the Lord saying stop letting everybody else prepare the meal and begin to get into prayer, begin to get in your word, begin to put work in. Some of you have not had a miracle in years because you haven't put any work in. Some of you haven't had an encounter in years because you haven't put any work in. Oh, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will put work in. There is one thing I refuse to be called in the kingdom of God, and that is lazy. You can call me whatever you want, but you can't call me lazy because I put serious time in. I put serious hours in. This doesn't happen by chance. You think DJ gets on this broadcast and preaches the way that he preaches and says, you know, hundred scriptures in five minutes, just because he sits around and sits on TV all day. No, no, no. He's that way because he's putting work in, in his word. I bet you that if you open up his word, you'll see marks and rights and highlights and things. It takes work to do all of that. Stop trying to get around the work. It's time for the laborers to rise up in these last days and to put the work in. I'm telling you, I fell the fire tonight is the night. I'm telling you, Tonight is the night to get enlisted in the army of God. That's right. The
1: Bible says, work out your own salvation come on, come on. through fear and trembling. Seven churches Jesus addresses in the book of Revelation. Every single one of those letters begin with, I know your works. If wow. you think God doesn't pay attention to the way... The way you work to the level of diligence you apply in things pertaining to his kingdom, then you are fooled by this false grace message. Mm. False grace message produces laziness. Come on, real grace so empowers for work. Real grace empowers for work. Grace is not a scapegoat to get out of work. Grace as an empowering force. It's God's hand getting behind. It's his wind getting behind your sails, empowering you to make forward progress. Look at Paul's life. Paul in labors often, in fastings, in shipwrecks, three times whipped 39 times. Wow. I was in naked, I was naked, I was, I was like in in cold in night, night times. Uh, abandoned, deserted. Read Second Corinthians eleven. It's just a, a litany of things Paul went through. Things that that were not pleasurable, but he did. He was like Terminator. He got stoned in one place. The disciples get around him. He gets up. He ends up walking right away, gets into the next the next town and village and starts preaching the gospel again. Paul and Silas get out of prison in Acts chapter 16. You'd think the first thing that he'd want to do Come is on. to go and take a sabbatical. Come Instead, on. by the power of grace, the Bible says he finds Lydia's house and then goes and preaches a sermon encouraging their faith. The guy was a machine. Jesus said, uh, uh, foxes have holes. The birds of the air have 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 ha- like places to go but the son of man has no place to lay his head always on the move the father is working wow. until now and wow. Jesus said and I work I must work while it is yet day for wow. night cometh when no man can work there will be a day where the eastern sky will split wide open where the trumpet will sound and the dead in christ will sound first and we who are alive will be caught up and will meet the lord and so shall we be always and that's the day that work will cease but until ju- and we'll enter into the seventh day where god the bible says after the sixth day he we- he rested we'll finally enter in to that total rest in heaven but until until then, we are not called to sit. Come We're on, not called to preach. watch things turn around. We're not called to just pray. I can't stand people that say, oh, well, you know, I'm a I, I'm not called to just to do anything. I'm just I'm just called to pray. Come I'm on. an intercessor. A lot of intercession is just literally them, you know, checking out of actually actual work that gets things done. A- intercession is just a lot of a lot of people call themselves intercessors. Say it. In reality, say it. they're just trying to get out of work. Say it. When you pray, look at anybody that prayed in the Bible. The Spirit of God came on them, and unless I'm reading this wrong, not one time did the Spirit of the Lord come on someone and they took a nap. Every time the Spirit of the Lord came on someone, it empowered them to run. Elijah, the hand of God comes on him. After he had been, you know, he was hiding away in a cave, the Lord gives him a meal by an angel and the Spirit of God comes on him, and he begins to run for 40 days on the strength of that meal. You look at Jehaziel, when the Spirit of God came on him in 2 Chronicles 20, it empowered him to prophesy. Look at Ezekiel 37, when he saw the valley of dry bones. Look, you might feel like you're in a valley of dry bones. Things look dry around you. Things look like a wilderness around you. That's not God's fault, and it ain't the devil's fault. It's because you haven't cooperated with god's spirit to start prophesying to the dry things around you start declaring the word of the lord start putting your hand to the plow and work the bible says quit ye like men be brave be strong and work and your work shall be rewarded not your waiting we don't have a gift of the spirit called the waiting of miracles it's the working of miracles you work the miracles moses gets to the red sea and he's crying out to god god won't you do something about it, a lot of you are crying out to God for something, a wall that you face. But God's already given you the rod of signs and wonders that when you work the rod, the sea split. Moses takes that rod, waves it, and the sea splits. They get to the the, the walls of Jericho. Instead of just crying out, God gives them instruction. If you see this book as a book of promises, it'll be very frustrating for you throughout life. If you see this book as a book of, of, of you know, encouragement, your life will never change. If you identify this book as what it really is, a book of covenant. Come on. Covenant. You know what covenant is? It's a contract. A contract means there's two parties that have well-defined terms, that when one party does its terms and the other party fulfills its terms, you know, when you download an application, the first thing that pops up is, do you agree to the terms and conditions? Be Until you agree to the terms and conditions. This is no Let's lazy go. man's Come gospel. On. The Bible says the disciples went everywhere working the gospel, and the Lord worked with them. God doesn't sit with sitters. He does not sleep with sleepers. He works with workers. And uh if you see this as a book of covenant promises, that if you do your part, God said, I'll do my part. If you do your small part, your small part, Moses, all he had to do was wave a rod. God split the sea. The children of Israel have to walk around the the walls of Jericho seven times. God caused them to fall. Jordan, when Elijah got to Jordan, he just had to take his mantle and strike the thing. God parted the Jordan River. You can go throughout all of scripture. Ezekiel, I prophesied as I was commanded. You do your little thing, God said, I'll do. You do what only man can do, and I'll do what only God can do. When he began to prophesy, the bones began to rattle. Come on. And that's where people stop. I really believe that's where people stop. They see a little bit of success and they think they can take their foot off the pedal. Wow. But if you put if you get on a highway at uh, 65 miles an hour, and you let your pedal off, you know what? I'm at 65, I, I, can-, I can ease off say the pedal it. now. I'm good. I'm good as good can be. You'll find out really quickly, you'll be honked off that highway as, as quick as you can say honk. Because you're going to slow down, and you're built, you've built momentum, but now you're running off momentum. Wow. You can't run off momentum. You have to keep your foot to that pedal. Keep Come working on. the word, and the word will keep working for you. And my word, which proceeds out of my mouth, it can never return void. The word of God, when it is sent out, he sent forth his word. And it did heal them and deliver them from all the destruction. Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Everywhere on which the sole of your foot treads on will be land I've given unto you. Oh, a lot of people know those scriptures. But keep on reading. Only be strong and courageous. Come on! Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Be careful to meditate therein day and night. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. David said in Psalm 1, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Through thy law, the Bible says, I have been made like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. That in the midst of dry seasons, I'm gathering my source of strength comes from a deep-rooted river. A river which makes... That's what a tree does. A tree. The roots grow deep down. Mm. And it garners its strength, its source of life from the waters deep down, so that it receives its its nourishment from the waters deep down. In the same vein, when you're a... It doesn't matter what things look like around you. When you're deeply rooted in the word of righteousness, even when the world is going through famine, you're anointed to flourish. Even when the world is going through crisis, you're anointed to be a conqueror. Even when the world is going through defeat, the Bible says, if God be for me, there's nothing... There's no trial. There's no tribulation. There's no anguish. There's no turmoil. There's no crisis. There's no situation. There's no sickness. There's no government shutdown that can shut me down for greater is he that lives in me than anything that's in this world. Hallelujah.
0: That's a bre- great place, guys. Listen, we are going to go into prayer here. I'm gonna begin to pray. We're gonna break some stuff off. I really believe, TJ, tonight. Hallelujah. God is going to break off the spirit of confusion and every mind-bending spirit, all divination, all witchcraft that's been trying to attack you. We're gonna break it off of you tonight. And then when I get done praying, we're gonna pray for the Baptist of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna have TJ pray for the sick. Listen, there are some of you that are sick in body right now. There's some of you that message me that you're in the hospital right now with COVID. I'm telling you. We have seen people get healed of COVID. As I just told you, my dad literally received a miracle. And I believe tonight that God wants to heal you, that God wants to restore you. If you've never spoken tongues or been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you already know every week we pray for this. And every week I had someone write me several weeks ago. She said, I've been in church my entire life. I prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit a hundred times. I've had everybody lay hands on me. She said, during that broadcast, I begin to pray in the spirit for the first time. I'm telling you guys that there is power as we begin to pray. I apologize guys. I know my voice is getting a little bit gone here, but I'm telling you there is power as we begin to pray. So I believe now is a time of miracles. I believe now is a time of deliverance. I believe now is a time of breakthrough. We're going to pray after we pray. I'm going to have TJ do an outro. I'm going to read through the donations and here's the reality guys. I'm blessing him tonight. Regardless, he has not asked for anything. I text him saying, bro, I would love to have you on he said yes let's do it no hesitation no problem didn't ask for anything regardless i'm blessing him tonight and so after we pray and do all that i'm gonna go through all the donations a lot of you have already donated we'll go through that but right now the most important part of this entire stream is this moment right now so i know we can't put on worship music because of copyright it doesn't matter i see you dr sunny laura i love you so much and i'm definitely gonna be getting you on you guys are gonna be hearing from him soon but i'm telling you right now guys now's the time miracles can happen i'm not gonna say miracles can't happen Miracles are going to happen. We've already got a nonstop Amen. message of people getting healed, people getting delivered, people getting breakthrough, people getting peace back, people getting their mind back, their marriage back, their kids back. Tonight is a night of prodigals coming home. I'm telling you, if Paul could praise himself and everyone around him out of prison, as we pray tonight, the prison's gonna break. The cells are gonna open, the doors are gonna open, the chains are gonna shadow. So wherever you at, you can put your hands out, you can close your eyes, whatever you have to do, but just put yourself in a posture, of letting the presence of God break in. Father, we ask you tonight that there would be breakthroughs in this stream. God, we are asking for an invasion of your spirit. Lord, you command us to pray that your kingdom would come on earth the same way it is in heaven. So Father, we are asking for an invasion of your Holy Spirit's power. I come right now against, Lord, you've given us authority over every demonic power, every demonic force, and so right now we come against every demonic power that's been trying to hold your people down. We come against the spirit of confusion. We come against the spirit of laziness. As Jesus commanded that deaf and dumb spirit to leave that man, we command every deaf, every dumb, every spirit of confusion, every mind-bending spirit the same way Paul rebuked the spirit of divination off the girl. We rebuke the spirit of divination off you in Jesus name. We command that nightmare spirit to come off you. Now we command depression. Now we say in the name of Jesus depression, it must go in Jesus name. I speak to that spirit of suicide. And I say that you have no power. I say that you have no authority and you have no legal right. That right now we speak the healing power of almighty God in Jesus name. I speak right now over you, Ofa, that family with COVID-19, that you will be healed in Jesus name. Right now we speak healing signs and wonders to be released. This is our inheritance. This is our promise. So Father, right now, I want to pray this now. Listen, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says if you being evil know how to give good gifts, How much more does your heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? All you have to do, Isaiah, what do I have to do to get the Holy Spirit? All you have to do is ask for it. There's nothing that you can do to earn it. There's nothing that you can do to achieve it. All you have to do is ask and believe. All you have to do is ask and believe. So right now I say be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right now we ask father that you would baptize them in the Holy Spirit and fire. Right now we pray that they would speak with other tongues. Right now we pray that you would fill them with the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, that, Lord, you'd begin to stir up supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, be released in Jesus' name. Right now, be filled. Right now, be filled. Do not speak in English. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. Wherever you are, if you want this gift, don't pray in English. Begin to open up your mouth and let your Spirit pray in Jesus' name. Father, we pray baptism of fire we pray fire of the holy ghost john the baptist said i baptize in water but one comes greater one whose coming is greater whose sandals i'm unworthy of untying who baptizes in the holy spirit and in fire and right now we baptize you in fire we baptize you in the holy spirit and we ask for the fire of almighty god i'm telling you the fire is what purifies the fire is what changes the fire is what empowers the fire is what you need to get through the storm that you're going through the fire is what you need to prophesy it's what you need to witness It's the fire of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah said, "I want to shut up, but there is a fire in my bones." So we speak the fire of Almighty God over your family. We speak the fire of Almighty God. Just begin to type out the names of your kids that aren't saved. Just begin to type out the names of your family that isn't saved. And I speak right now the fire of God over your marriage, over your children, over your community. Fire, fire, fire! God, we are asking that you would go after the prodigals in Jesus' name, and you. Would light a fresh fire and a fresh anointing over them right now lord release your power lord release your fire come on over natalie over sean over vivian over ashley over Bridell. over caitlin right now we speak fire over wayne over jonah over saul over billy rosie said we speak fire over you jose over maya over samantha right now ethan gage right now hunter we speak fire over you bernadette bradley jasmine michael jasmine lucian right now z zade said right now jp nate right now they're coming fast guys all of these names we speak fire over now we speak salvation over them now in jesus name nadine thomas jessica Nobert right now, Emily, Gabriel, we speak fire over Nicholas, Shelby, Smiley, right now in Jesus' name, the fire of God comes upon them, over Lupe, come on, somebody, you're only here right now because somebody prayed for you, we speak it over Janelle, we speak it over Gio, Jordan, Amanda, Octavia, Kayla, Doug, come on, hundreds of names coming in now, we speak the fire of Almighty God, we claim them in Jesus' name, friend, I'm telling you, I had a cousin put my name on one of those crosses and I got saved a month later, there is power when we speak speak the name. There is power when we speak the word. Jesus said, Peter, I'm praying for you specifically. And right now we pray for all these names that are coming through in Jesus name. We speak over Anthony, over Randy, over Michael, over Jesse, over Lupia. Right now we speak over Mark, Desiree, Ricky, Marley, Amanda, Bob, Amanda, Cassandra, Bianca. Right now over your brothers and sisters that you're typing. Adriana, Eric. Right now we speak the word. We speak the name and we say, come into your destiny. Come into your assignment right now we see speak over kyle then nick and jacob and aaron we speak now in jesus name listen if we don't name them they're coming too fast for me to read if we don't name them god sees them god knows and we speak breakthrough right now i'm gonna have tj pray healing i know there's many of you that wrote me this week that need miracles listen as he prays, I don't just want you to pray for yourself, but all your friends and family that you're believing for, everybody that has COVID, everybody in the hospital, right now, by faith, we believe that God wants to release healing by faith. So as TJ prays, I don't want you just to pray for yourself. I want you to begin to believe for the people around you. Just go for it, TJ. I want you to
1: set your faith with expectation before I pray. With the understanding that the Bible says in Isaiah 53, Jesus already bore your sickness. Yes, He already carried your pains, your symptoms, your ailments, your infirmity, your weakness, your diseases. And the Bible says that by his stripes, he were healed. So I want you to have this in your mind, that as we pray, we're not praying for God to heal you. We're praying to receive the healing Jesus already purchased for you when he took stripes on his back and that blood gushed out of his back that he didn't have to t- stop at the whipping post he didn't take a pit stop because he had an itchy back and he took no he could have just went to the cross and had his hands pierced and that would have solved our sin issue but he took a stop at a pit stop at the whipping post and every one of those lashes, 39 lashes, was done for your, not for your spiritual healing, because you didn't need spiritual healing. The Bible says you were dead. You needed spiritual resurrection. The healing the Bible's talking about there is your physical healing. Yes. And remember. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And 1 John 3, 8 still stands true. The Son of God was made manifest to destroy the work of the devil. Sickness is a work of Satan. The Bible says in Luke 13, when Jesus healed that woman that was bent over double, after he healed her, the religious Pharisees got all bent out of shape, and they began to complain. And Jesus rebuked them and said, you hypocrites! Ought not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, Mm. so the sickness was a bondage from hell, Satan has bound these 18 years, ought she not be freed from this infirmity on the Sabbath, the Sabbath was not made. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for men. And God wants you to enter into a realm of rest in your physical body. God's not waiting for you to get to heaven to heal you. because And the promises of God for healing are not for heaven. Come because on. in heaven there is no sickness in the first place. The promises of God are for here and now. So I want you to set your faith that I'm not going to be healed. As we pray, I receive divine healing in my body. And every terminal illness gets terminated today by divine order in Jesus' name. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I act on your word today. As your word says that the elders of the church can pray the prayer of faith and the sick shall recover. That you said... That centurion man who had his servant lying, dying at home, paralyzed and tormented, that Jesus couldn't come and lay hands on him, but he spoke the word and his servant was made whole. I pray now, as I'm not physically next to the people needing healing right now, I pray as I send out your word right now, Let even the most vile sickness, the most severe, the one that doctors have given up on, the the ones that the enemy thought he had closed the case on. Father, reopen their case today. And I pray, let the report of the Lord prevail in their life. They will, you shall not die. You shall live and declare the word of the Lord. I curse tree of sickness, every planting of the enemy in your body gets uprooted now by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And from this day, You are going from deliverance to dominion. You are going from being delivered from sickness to having dominion over sickness and disease. From today, in the name of Jesus Christ, your hands are now registered weapons in heaven to go as you have received to now freely give to those around you in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Now just shout this wherever you're at. I am healed. I am human. Yes. Also, if you had something where you were, you weren't able to move your back, your neck. I want you to get up and shove it in the devil's face. Come on. Move your neck. Move your back. Do what you couldn't do, and you'll see. As you step out in faith, as as like that, you'll see, it'll be unlocked. Whatever was tied up, whatever sickness and pain had crippled your back all i pray right now like a bird that leaves a branch on a tree it leaves your body forever in the name of jesus christ i also i see tumors disintegrating there's there's people watching me right now you've had a lump somewhere on your body you haven't even told your spouse you haven't told anybody you've been believing god you've you've purposely kept your mouth shut to speak any ill report you haven't gone to a doctor's yet god's crushing that tumor right now as Mm. the fig tree withered at the root that thing is getting withered at the root right now in jesus name go ahead and feel wherever it was and it's not there it's not there and i expect you to write in that testimony because i want to hear about it
0: come on thank you jesus i'm telling you guys we're almost at two hours here what a powerful night um i just feel like every single week it gets better it goes to the next level Obviously TJ is is my my guy my buddy and we're gonna have him back on and uh, I just I love you so much TJ, bro. I appreciate the fire you have the anointing. It's rare um, He was just telling me that he used to I think it was like listen in college or something you were saying And I think that the way that God brought us together now It has been eight nine years or whatever it's been since then has just been supernatural We definitely as I said the last time you were on got to do more stuff together Love having you on. I know my people love you and guys. I want to say this one sending your testimonies to me or tj but two i've tagged him in the description so his name his page is in the description and there's nothing more that i would like than if you would go follow his page and then he streams on tuesday is it tuesday and thursday if i'm not mistaken tuesday and
1: thursday tuesday and thursday at 1 p.m eastern
0: 1 p.m eastern <laughs> time tuesday and thursday he's streaming guys please listen he the way you heard him preach that's how he preaches I know it's very rare to have somebody that has that anointing that gift he preaches the word as you can tell he preaches the word of God the fire of God so do me a favor I'm gonna have him talk a little bit about it and shout himself out as well but before he even does that I would just say follow him in the description partner with his ministry get in his streams comment in his streams be a part of what god is doing um there's nothing there's no such thing as having too much of the word so guys literally you can get in the afternoon then you can come up here and get it at night and get in the afternoon get at night get in the word of god it's a word of god that'll change you um tj where could they find you let us know a little bit more about where they can find you and everything and anything else you want to shout out sure well first of all i want to say thank you is there a desire in you to not just attend revival but live in revival Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Seldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm gonna be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis.